Seltzer Kings podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs, Grab yourself a white wine, or even a cosmopolitan, and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch Sex in the City for the first time ever, mostly. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm going to cry, man. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber. And, no, my name's um, Gonna Cry. No, I'm getting My name's Gonna Cry. <laughs> That's your just, rap name, Gonna, Gonna Cry. I, I just want to say after after watching that movie it makes complete sense why um uh ARP why uh, Teen's Choice and why BET would just be want shelling out awards for for those performances. <laughs> they covered all the bases. They really did. They really did. We just we just finished the movie. Yeah, so we just finished. We just watched it. We just we just, did. We we've just been watching watched it all the way through. We just watched Tonight. Samantha blow out that that those candles, the big the big five zero, and then we yep. just watched all all groups of young people, uh, just joyously walk around the meatpacking district, and us sitting in our apartments in quarantine, missing the absolute shit out of New York City. Yep, fuck, completely. Just seeing, dude. How much so many do I want to just go out and get? hammered till 4 a.m. and then go get a couple Starbucks. Oh yeah. (laughs) So many Starbucks in this movie. Go get Starbucks. How much do you want? How much is the best just like being just random drunken night with your friends and then you're just like at a diner? It's like the they show the girls like walking in, but they're gonna be walking out of the standard just being like, fuck you brad and then go with your girlfriends and then go to a diner and just like shove shit in your face what mm-hmm. like what's what is all right here's a question what is all of the four main women late night 3 a.m diner orders um <clears throat> i guess charlotte's, I, is, I, charlotte's is latkes she eats latkes because <laughs> she's jewish who right. oh, oh, is that why? <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> who um who gets mozzarella sticks? Okay, wait, uh, let's uh, first of all. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you Miranda. go to a diner at three a.m. and you're drunk in New York City, no, I don't care who you are. There is an order of mozzarella sticks that shows up at the table Mar- every the time. The sticks are for the table, but who orders yeah. them? Harlan always orders our mozzarella sticks. He orders like three orders. He has here's, two of them and we split here's one. The, here's, a, here's an explanation to your logic. What you, you just described that as an absolute 
It's not an absolute. It's because you hang out with Harlan. That's why they show up. No, but I've gotten it's mozzarella sticks. It's not at every without, diner. Without no, late, late night, you're getting late sticks. Night, late night, you are getting mozzarella sticks. I will say this. I've only had sticks with you guys. Go to hell. Because Harlan go to is hell. there. It's because Harlan's there. Go He's find, the one that orders Go it. find Dante, your neighbor. Suck his with dick the, and go with, to hell. With a nice dong. Yeah. I, I know it's a Miranda's, beautiful dong. Miranda's, Miranda's getting <sighs> buffalo wings for herself and they're like do you want an order of eight or 12 and she's like i'll do eight and then the then the waiter's writing down she's like make that 12 <laughs> and then she's like she's licking the fingers just being like yeah i mean i'm i haven't talked to him and i don't want to talk to him and she's licking her fingers and then she's also thinking about steve do you think do you think carrie like like um Gets like one of the weird things that's on those diner menus, like like leg of lamb with mint jelly. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I told you, I told you guys the steak and eggs conversation, right? When no. I went with a friend on New Year's Day to a diner in New York City, and he ordered steak and eggs, and then he sent them back when they showed up because they weren't done to his liking. Oh my gosh! Wow, in New York City diner. He sent back a plate of steak and eggs. Yeah. Okay. Did he, he eat the second it. order that they came out? He did eat the second order. Because yeah, those were I the exact so. same steak and eggs, just with the cook's jizz on top <laughs> of them. 100%. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I think that's a good call. I, I, uh, I, think, uh, I, think, I feel like Charlotte gets a, si- like a, a, a cup of s- their soup and a side of cottage cheese. Okay. I see that. And I think I hear um, Samantha, it depends on what, uh, if you're in the first half of the movie or the second half of the movie. Second yeah. half of the movie. First half Samantha of the movie, gets a, she gets she gets a like a like a, a chicken grilled chicken wrap. Second half of the movie, she's getting two orders of mozzarella sticks, two two glazed donuts, and a and a chocolate milk. Yeah, totally. Because apparently I mean, she's fat in the second half of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was such a stretch. It's funny we can talk about like oh, I want to interview the gut double on the <laughs> podcast. Sometime. It was so. It was so funny. It was so she was still so fit that it was it story wise. It didn't even come across to me when everyone like looked with their big eyes. I was like, wait, was it? I, boobs? That's, that's literally what I said to Katie. They did it. And I was like, what? What's up with her? And Katie's like, I think she has a, a tummy now. And I was like, is she pregnant with Dante? I, I, well, I like that. They I like that. They had to get Mario. They had to get Mario Cantone to call it out and be the jerk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it was funny. I, I, all right. All oh, right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Just because I'm a stickler for this. Uh, we are. Let, before we uh, get into talking about this, we need to set up where we're going uh, and what's happening. We also uh, realize get, everyone's everyone's uh, listening to this. Like this is our third week, but we just watched this movie all in one night. But if you listen last week, this is our continuation. This is the finale of the Sex in the City movie. And we just we also need Samantha's diner order. Uh, I thought we just did her two halves diner order. Oh, yeah. So we have okay. I, I feel sad. So, and we're gonna go carry with the la, the the leg of lamb no, and Corey, jelly. What do you think carry would get? Yeah. Um, I think depending on the night, carry we get a giant chopped salad with like a bunch of chopped hard boiled eggs. Oh, and like just one of those big, big like diner salad with the egg where it's cooked so hard it's like green kind of. Like that's a good like I'm making a gag face and Kevin's confused. I yeah, love that. that I, I love that salad. At, like. Not after a night of drinking. Like oh, I guess though, I will say you Carrie's order that after a night of drinking. I don't like it. I like it in general, but that's what I'm saying. Carrie, like, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie can kind of like Carrie can go hard when she needs to. Like we've seen her eat a bunch of chicken when she's stoned. I think yeah. that she, I think that she, she wouldn't just do the salad. I think she would maybe get. 
I don't know. I don't know I, what I'm trying to think. Like I was going to say like a, she wouldn't get like a big roast beef sandwich. She get a French dip with a big thing of au jus. I think probably like, I think like probably um, a breakfast, like a breakfast sandwich. I'm thinking she gets like, like a, a BEC. Oh, yeah, I have like a good a one for her. Sausage, egg and cheese. Butter. No, she, would get, she would get a she would get a big ass thing of French onion soup with just the mm. crazy cheese. I mean, I don't know if they'd make those at New York City diners, but they're delicious. If you go though. to the perfect one. I'll yeah. say I'll say this, man. I got last last 10 minutes of that up that movie. I got chills to the max mm. it has yeah. everything that i want in like i had a really rough night last night john and i texted about it we both did just about being back in quarantine being back in new york covid levels are are to the max and mm-hmm. they're almost as high as they were in april we care really we have a, a part of a group of our friends like is having um some covid situations that have us a little worried and it was like comparison from like last night to tonight where it's like, okay, we've been basically working. This is our job folks. No, but it's like we booked out like eight hours tonight to do this whole project, but it's just like doing this. I'm like, man, what like a beautiful fun Saturday where we're stuck in the apartment and I'd either be at home being bummed and being a little off or just like, getting to watch the fantasy of what your life used to be slash will be again, and also talk it out with your friends. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. just like, it was like surprisingly emotional. I didn't cry. I teared up at one part. I didn't cry, but I was just like, man, I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for the pod. And I'm thankful for like this show that if I would have gone and seen it on a date, I'd be like, "Ugh, this ending's so dumb. And instead I watched it and I was like, man, I'm like, this is the perfect time in my life to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, totally. Totally. So thanks for I listening. Could, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. All right. Should I do a quick flyover of what happened in the last? Let's do, let's do a quick flyover. And then I need to tell you all a story about what happened right before we watch this. Ooh, I can't wait. Uh, let's see. So the last, the last thing that happened was uh, when we left off is she gave uh, Jennifer Hudson's character a purse um a louis so vuitton I, I, bag i guess i'm just, a louis vuitton bag sorry i know i probably offended a lot of people just call it some purse a um, purse uh i'll just go through every character samantha ends up actually breaking mm-hmm. off with smith she covers herself in sushi uh for valentine's day smith uh is late and she tells him that she uh needs to live for herself not for a man she also gets very tempted, uh, and before that, uh, by her neighbor Dante, who's got beautiful dick, just a beautiful, just a great, great, beautiful dick that they show. Um, and uh, she ends up eating so she won't cheat, uh, but then she um, realizes that she needs to figure herself out. Breaks up with Smith. Smith, um, Miranda, uh, and Carrie get in a big fight because Miranda tells Carrie that she. Uh, what the conversation she had with uh, Big at the rehearsal dinner. Uh, they don't talk to each other for a very long time. And then eventually um, Miranda and uh, uses that kind of fight to understand that she needs to forgive Steve, uh, goes to counseling, meets him on the, uh, the middle of the Brooklyn Bridge, and they forgive each other and also encourages Carrie. No, doesn't encourage Carrie at that point to forgive Big. Um, Charlotte uh, gets pregnant. She sees Mr. Big in a restaurant and she gets so angry at him. Her water breaks. Uh, 
Big drives Charlotte to the hospital. They have their lovely baby, Rose. And Harry tells Carrie that Big has been writing her, but Carrie doesn't have any letters, no emails. Checks her inbox and her assistant, Louise, St. Louise, um, shout out to the BET award, uh, has been archiving all of her emails this whole time. And um, uh, the password is love. And she finds that Big has just been plagiarizing famous love letters from, from years past. But that does it for Carrie. She goes back to the apartment and Mr. Big is waiting for her with some, some shoes that she left there. And then they go get married in City Hall and, and uh, celebrate Samantha's 50th birthday. What did I miss? You didn't miss I, anything. I think you might have gotten all of it. The, the reason did. why people don't like Sex in the City, too, is it starts Kevin, we with, can't hear you, but... Um, Kevin, we can't hear you. That was fun. That was a fun... Really? That was a very, very fun movie. I have... Kevin, um, Kevin can you hear me? your headphones. Can you hear me? Yeah, I yeah. can hear you now, yeah. Yeah, you're there. Oh, Just fuck. keep going. All right. Well, um, the reason why people don't like Sex in the City 2, the movie, is because it starts with the people... Uh, the people that own the estate of Voltaire suing Mr. Big <laughs> for all his because <laughs> he writes. Yeah, he's like, I, I didn't even make money off this. They're like, that's not the point. That's not the um, point. The point is fair use. And the... <laughs> um, no, you did a you did a great job, John. You did a great job. Um, hey, Thanks. so when we went to we went to start this, I was a couple minutes late finishing the movie. It's because there was a moment in our last episode that you guys were having a really serious mm -hmm. talk, I think about relationships something like that. And I don't know if you remember, but I got up and ran away from the microphone for a second. I'm scared of relationships. We've talked about this before. I'm non-confrontational. It's no, uh, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not, not true. We're like total, total uh, joke. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke, Corey. Hey guys. Hey guys. Corey, that was a joke. It's a joke Thanks. that we could also unpack Don't. if we'd like to, but we got to talk about the movie. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for really putting me on blast here. Um, very, very single. Um, uh, no, Kevin and I went to a wine store to get a wine each to watch this movie with. And when we got home, when I got home to my apartment, Kevin's drinking his wine right now. I put my wine in the freezer to chill it up. And then when we started watching the movie, the story gets better. I'm seeing your jaws drop. I oh, realized no. it was still in the freezer. I went and grabbed it out of the freezer. The wine was frozen. So I was like, while we record episode two, I got to let it thaw. And so we sat down to record. I don't know why I did this, but I turned my oven on the lowest setting, left the door of the oven open, open. When you why? leave the door of an oven open, let me finish. When you okay. leave the door of an oven open, most of the heat escapes. Like it'll, an oven will drop 50 to 100 degrees. So I put it on the lowest, lowest setting and just put the bottle right there in the oven open to just heat it up. So as we're sitting there doing the last episode, I just heard something go. <sighs> and I thought someone had like knocked the door of my apartment open. That wine bottle, <laughs> it heated up so much that it shot the cork out of the wine bottle and the bottle just sprayed all over the inside of my oven and i went in and there was just a mostly empty wine bottle sitting in my oven oh, <laughs> and my, my oven gosh. was just filled my oven was filled with a 20 dollar bottle of wine from zula wines in brooklyn 
Oh man! So, uh, oh my god! So I had to spend the first part of the movie just cleaning up wine from the Dude, inside of the oven. So you know sorry. how like a New York City oven has like the bottom drawer that's actually the broiler? That was also full of wine. It was oh a really stupid gosh. move on my part. Really stupid move on my part to do that. Dude, just you think that's stupid? Imagine the feelings that those that wine has gone through. Sitting in oh the fr- sitting in the freezer, chilling its ass off. It's getting all cold. Then it gets set in the oven. Man, that that wine has had quite the night. Dude, that yeah. It's so funny because that when you said I'm gonna th- throw it in the freezer, I'm like, just put it in the fridge. Yeah, I will. I do. I throw it in the freezer all the time, but I set a timer for ten minutes when I do that. But, Dude, uh, why, yeah. why do you also become like a person in a saloon <laughs> hey, Kevin, in a Western Kevin, movie? Why did Why did you turn into Sling Blade when you gave me that advice? Yeah. Just throw it in the hey, fridge. Throw that wine in the fridge. <laughs> If I were you, I would throw that wine in the fridge and not the freezer, because later you're going to have to use the oven. <laughs> I like the way you, know you the put... when the oven gets too hot, it's going to blow the cork out your wine. I like... Oh, I my like, gosh. Okay, let's... I like dark... Let's talk Sex in the City, the movie. I like... I like dark um, effervescent yep. rosé. <laughs> this was a really fun... We were just saying before we started, this was like a super fun experience. I had yeah, I totally. had a lot of I had a lot of fun tonight. I cannot. Yeah, I did. It was so much fun. If you if yeah. you guys we, just want like a, Katie has watched this movie on like four different flights we've been on, and it makes so much sense now, to me after seeing that. It's a great. It's great. Great plane movie. You don't need the big screen. You're familiar with it. I mean, that's just that was a fun movie. I I had a really a really great time watching it. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can't hear um, you, Kevin. <laughs> is it unplug your unplug your headphones, Kevin? Hold on, and maybe it'll go through your unplug them from the computer. Yo, hello. Yeah, yeah we can. I hear think you. I think your iPhone headphones are dead, but your other stuff I think has been recording. Which I think what just happened. We'll find this out when the episode comes out. But it looked like you were doing like a hmm. twenty second long sling blade impression that neither John nor I heard. I know. I was so offended. I was like, <laughs> this is funny. You were just sitting there with an underbite, just going ham. I can't wait to hear it when the episode comes out. Okay. Um, so hold on one second. Just this is a Balin. Can we? Mark yeah, the I, time I know right it. Now? It's seven, 17, 25. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's because yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, you're yeah, unplugged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are those unplugged okay, so from your, I know what, what's I'm, I'm checking, I'm checking though, the right? Zencaster. So the Zencaster okay. is good. Yeah, it's just that we couldn't hear you on the Zoom. Yeah, I was just making sure because a bunch of stuff popped up on my computer. So will you let them know around 1725 is when there's some headphone stuff? Yeah. But my question to you right now, Kevin, my question to you is, are those white headphones plugged in right now? They are, yes. They are now? Yeah. Weird. Why? Did you unplug them and plug them back in? Yeah. Okay. Maybe it just wasn't plugged in good enough or something. No, I mean they're not good headphones. They're because the other the other thing is I was going to say is if they fail again, you could just unplug them fully, and your Zoom will pick up. Like we'll just hear you through your computer microphone, and this will go to your ZenCaster. It the us us to hear you now. You don't necessarily need these. You could still just do it through your computer onboard mic. Yeah, that's what Either I've way. usually been doing. It's just that remember, it's like it would work. 
since we set the things earlier to where it was going through your, since we set everything as same as system on your yeah. Zoom. I'm changing my preferences now to USB audio device for microphone. Don't do that on Zoom. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Don't. My only fear if you do that is it's going to default it back to what it was. I would just leave it as same as system. I changed it on the Zoom already before you said not to do it. My only, I mean, you could leave it as that. I guess since we're already going on, I guess since we're already going on Zencaster, it's probably fine. Yeah, I'm looking on the Zencaster and I'm looking at the thing. And it's still yeah, doing the microphone. It's it's not picking up on this anymore. It's no, it's not. This. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's do that based on the wavelength that I see. That's what's happening on ZenCaster. Okay, and we should be good. Cool. We good. All right. So, yeah. So let's throw back to my sling blade impression. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought you guys were just plowing ahead, being like. No, no, I was like, we, no, we that's, that's I, why I kept saying, do y'all hear static? Cause during the beginning, I just kept hearing. I don't okay. think I've ever used, I don't think I've ever used these with the mic. I've always done how we have it yeah. right now. So, yeah. and it seems to be working on the Zencaster based right. on the the okay. wavelengths. So make a note that 21 is when we'll probably be 20, 2050 is when we're getting back into it. Okay. All right. So let me write that down real quick. Let's do 21, actually. Okay. And 21. then we have seven seconds. Okay. 17. So 17, 25, 25 around, probably a little bit before. Like he should start listening around 17. 17, 15. Mm -hmm. 17, okay, cool. probably around seven minutes, 17. Uh, yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. So <laughs> I like the way you. <laughs> Listen, I had a, I was uh, I had a headphone thing. Yeah, we had we had a little technical difficulty, so we're back. We're back now. We're back. Listen, we've been doing three episodes in a row. I exploded a bottle of wine in my New York City oven. I have commitment issues. We've covered a lot of stuff. <laughs> Kevin, okay. once again, Kevin's it's headphones fine. aren't working, dude. Kevin, your headphones are just a dis. They're all consistently. I will a say disaster. your headphones. Your headphones are, are such a hassle. You got to get better headphones. You look so hurt that we're saying that too. No, I don't at all. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, it's they're fucking broken, Kevin. It doesn't yeah, matter use, that we can I use AirPods. I spent fucking two hundred fifty dollars on headphones. I'll tell you that. I'll you know and what? That's I'll not tell my you fault. that's fucking Tim Cook's fault. Tim I'll Apple, tell, fuck you. I'll tell you and any of our listeners and listeners. I want you to listen up right now. If you spent money on AirPods Pro, you got scammed because those things suck. I bought some this summer and I took them back. And anyone we've recorded with, they sound terrible. They sound terrible. They sound terrible. You got scammed. And here's the thing. They're once horrible. Once Go you buy some $10 headphones because you got scammed. Like and subscribe. I love you. Later, taters. We're going to keep going because those are bad <laughs> headphones. This podcast brought to you by Apple AirPods Pro. <laughs> Hear the new revolution of music. Hear the, hear the oh revolution. Hear the, hear the de-evolution. Of, oh of simple systems. No, we're like back my neighbors though. are, like my neighbors are going to come upstairs and think I'm yelling at someone in hey, my apartment. Hey, hey man, we we hate AirPods Pro too, but can you <laughs> knock it the fuck off? We're trying to Did get blazed. <laughs> Wait, shout out, quick wife? shout out before we get into the episode or the movie. Quick shout out to South Slope Smokers when we picked up our 250 <laughs> DVD, yes. 250 complete velvet DVD set. 
we picked yep. it up and we were talking about how great it was. It's on our Instagram now. And and then this, no, you guys like, said it was on Instagram. You said that it was covered in COVID. You're like, I'm not sure if I should take this because it's <laughs> well, covered no, we in COVID. Were, I know we were joking. Well. And then this like window opened up and this like lady popped out. She's like, she's like, we don't have COVID, man. And I was like, oh, we, we actually do a sex in the city podcast. And she's like, we're recording a podcast right now. It's called South Slope Smokers. And <laughs> and they're they're like they open their window, we could smell all their weeds. So go listen to South Slope Smokers. Dude, we gotta get the South. Let's let's get them on the pod. Absolutely. Dude, let's get them on the pod and let's rewatch the episode where Carrie gets stoned. He needs a bucket of chicken. Because he, here's why. If you have that DVD, if you bought that D, that DVD collection for $250, you're a big fan of the show. Big yeah. fan. And yeah, well, they like live 100%. just down the street from me. They live on my street. And I was thinking, I was like, I am going to go down there and see if they'll give me. Also, weed. someone someone peeking their head out of like a, like a third story window <laughs> and telling strangers that they don't have COVID is almost a guarantee <laughs> that they have COVID. That's like the first <laughs> also, thing. That's the first thing you do when you COVID. get COVID. You open also, your window. Kevin, Kevin, how how strong we were we were forty five feet away from them. How no. strong was the smell of of Sensamia Meadow we were, coming we, out of the We were on the sidewalk and they are in a townhouse on the third floor. And when they open up the window, eight seconds later we were both wearing masks too and we were in masks and eight seconds later it just smelled like weed i was like <laughs> if i take one hit of weed literally 10 minutes later i'm just like i feel like the universe is pretty big yeah. and like i can't imagine what level of high they were at because their entire apartment was filled with weed that went into our mask dude what do you think has more of a pungent smell that room or the back of big's car <laughs> What from Big's farts? I don't think he smokes. <laughs> no, I weed. think his car probably smells like a cigar locker, just oh, like cigar and whiskey. Cigar. Oh, like, totally. Tinderbox. Totally. 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 Man, I'm, <laughs> no, right. yeah. the only person we've seen fart on the show is Carrie and and Charlotte. I don't Charlotte. think Carrie and Charlotte get in the back of that limo, dude. It is. It it smells like a we porta potty <laughs> after the fourth day of Bonnaroo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh dude oh and then God. and we we're gonna have sjp and kristen davis on and they're like oh, i wonder when they're gonna ask us about when jimmy chew shoes were featured and instead we're just gonna be like yeah i bet your fart smelled gross <laughs> <laughs> and we would dude. be within our rights to question that because no one at page six has ever given a fuck about what <laughs> is written into the show which is you guys have bowel issues Oh, listen, I don't know what people want from a podcast, but they've really gotten to this episode. We have given out all the hits. I mean, this is, this is yeah, we got um, a lot of stuff. We, we've really nailed it. How, so all how right. do we like, how do we, where, where the movies, the movies ended? Like, what do we do? Uh, do we like, let's give it, like, let's wrap up some storylines. Kevin made a really good point. You know what? Let's wrap up some storylines. Mm -hmm. Kevin, let's start with Charlotte and Harry. Cause you sent some, you sent, you some, sent some texts text while, while we were watching. Right, yeah. We were finishing this. I, I think that we can wrap this up quickly. I think that the reason why Charlotte and Harry had the weakest storyline in the movie. Oh, yeah. This is a good point. Is because it was so exceptionally done in mm. the series mm -hmm. that when you're watching the movie, you're like, it, it would have been a betrayal to their characters to start something brand new. 
in a way, like once I sent this right before, like they had the kid, but you're like, it, they were like, Harry had nothing in the movie, which is a bummer, but also he came in and late in the series and crushed it. And then they finally had a child. Like it is beautiful, but it wasn't surprising. And they were kind of, I mean, my point in my text was like, they have nothing. Now that I look back at the whole movie, I'm like, they were the spine that the movie was able to move through, which is like, mm. they have a child. They have like, that was the weight of the sex in the city universe that we were able to glide on, but there was nothing surprising well, in it. I mean, Harry, their story is also what led Carrie back to big. That's true. And I'd sent that, that text before that happened. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was Harry being like, listen, like Charlotte would still be pregnant if Big was she would be, you know, 60, 70 weeks pregnant by this point. She got so mad that her water broke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, also, there's a thing that you would think that there'd be more judgment coming from Harry and Charlotte, especially from Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I think that's super interesting that it's like her hatred towards big was the most redeemed. Yeah. Um, um yeah, that, that, I think you, you hit the nail on the head though. That, that story was so solid and the arc was so complete in the show mm-hmm. that there wasn't like a ton of room because you can't have like, you can't have Charlotte get divorced with Harry. Dude, you can't, if Harry would have been like, I don't know if she had a kid and he's like, I don't know if I want to have a kid. Like that would have broken my that, heart. Yeah, that, I, you can't show that. So like you can't, you can't have Charlotte go through any trauma. And that's like when she was like, you know, when she was like, I'm happy every single day in my relationship. And then she had that mm-hmm. chat with um, Carrie and she's like, all these bad things have happened to you. When is the bad things going to happen to me? She's like anxious because she's too happy. I want to be like, Charlotte, you've already had some real shitty things happen. Like mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. whole thing with Trey was really hard. Your whole thing with not having a kid was really hard. You can just be happy here. Um, Wait, can I you ask g- you a question, John, as the resident happy person on the pod? Just kidding. <laughs> I'm happy. Corey is too. We're fine. I'm Shut happy. the fuck yeah, up, good. everyone. <laughs> Jeesh. Is like that. That was like a real moment for me that I was like, what it's it's weird to it's weird for someone like charlotte who's always been in constant flux of wanting to not want and that's actually not what you want in characters and movies and so they ha- it was great for her to have that but it it is interesting when she said she's happy at least every day it's weird that happiness doesn't necessarily equal happiness as we think of it, like she's still sad. She still has a kid that she has to take care of that, you know, it's that part was super interesting. And I actually think not great for writing if we made a whole movie about Charlotte, but was amazing in that it's like the entire series is Charlotte not being happy. Yeah. Mm, And now she is. Mm, And I, I don't know. What's your, I, what's your question for me? My question, my question was like, I guess in, you know, 30 seconds to a minute or whatever, what is it like when you find someone like Katie 
and so many questions that Cor- like literally Corey and I are walking back from Micro Center buying my new computer talking about like what it, what we're looking for in love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. that's not a question that you have has been in your life for how many years now. Mm-hmm. But life is still di- just as difficult for you. It's not like you're like, man, once you figure this out. Mm. So I guess my question is like from a Charlotte perspective, she's has she's got everything. She's achieved everything she wanted, but she seems to have a real contentment that is not based on like, that is different than what you would think from Charlotte at the beginning of the episode. I guess, what is it like once you found Katie and once you're building your life together, what is it, what does happiness on the day-to-day feel like for you? That is not just like, everything's perfect. I'm friends with you. I know that's not true. Well, you've seen Katie and I get in disagreements before when we lived together in the Hamptons. Like, I think, yeah, I think it's it is an absolute uh, pipe dream for someone to be like, we're happy all the time, every time. Like, Katie and I still have conflict. Mm-hmm. Like, I think conflict is uh, an, a real natural thing. But like, am I am I genuinely satisfied and fulfilled? And if I died tomorrow, would I have like like would I be happy with my life? A hundred percent. I think it's also interesting that I think I was like that before I met Katie. And I think Katie was like that before she met me. Mm. Um, You know, I think that was like one of the great things about getting married in our late or my, my mid thirties is that like the, we, we were so satisfied and happy with who we are as people and what we had accomplished and done that being with someone like her uh, just made just, multiplied that just made that mm. more so um mm. so that i, I mean I, I don't know if i answered your question i think like, no i i think you did i, w- I would I, not be an interesting character in in a, in a movie probably because like someone like you know charlotte or carrie or miranda have these like real these real issues and conflict that make them more interesting characters but um yeah that, that's that's my answer yeah I, I think though like when we were talking about this off mic before one of the episodes tonight and we were trying to figure out what we were saying we were walking to micro center to get your new computer today Mm -hmm. but i think i think that one of the things we were saying that kind of lines up with that john is like you can't pin your hopes on a person to be like i want a romantic relationship and that's the next thing i'll pursue because like because Mm -hmm. that'll make everything make sense because that's not going to make sense it's sometimes it will but really like I think that's what I was saying is I was like, anytime that you, anytime that you pin that on someone and say, oh, this person, I'm fascinated with them. I'm in love with them. You're going to quote unquote, fall out of love with them. Yeah. Because it's not your life is fixing. Your life is not about finding the person that makes it all make sense because no one person or one relationship can handle the weight of that. Yeah. And you realize that life is not about a relationship that makes it click. And I think the thing I was saying it's in that book that I read is like the guy was talking about like there's so many, he's like, that's such a Western romantic ideal. And he's like, there's so many relationships in like the non-West where they don't talk about falling in love because they never fell in love. They made a decision to be like, mm. I like this person and I'm making, or I'm making a decision to walk beside this person yeah. for my life as a partner and 
there's no falling out of love because there was never falling in love. We're just committing to partner together. And our life is something we each got to figure out ourselves. And then if we get to a place where it's like, oh, shoot, this person isn't making my life work. It's like, well, that's more on you to be like, there's a struggle you have for something else in your life and you need to face up with that. No one else can fix that. Someone said that to me when I was had gotten out of a really long relationship that was really hard. And a friend of mine, he was like, you realize it's no one's responsibility to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Like your life's not going to click because that person, because you're not sure if they're going to make you happy. Yeah. Like, that's on you, whether you end up with them or not. Yeah. I hate the term falling in love. I think it's like, yeah. it's so, da- it's such a damaging concept that like you get swept up in this maelstrom and like, you're just like, Oh, I can't help. I'm in love now. Totally, and it's like, yeah. it obviously gets exasperated by like, even it even happened in this movie where Carrie was reading that book to, Lily and she's like you realize this is a fairy tale right <laughs> like mm. those are those are fake and damaging and problematic and and if you know if I ever have a daughter I will read them to her but like they are there are issues with with those um narratives I think um yeah no mm-hmm. no I th- I think you're 100% right and also that's that's where like if we ever had MPK on and actually after watching this movie more than ever I'm like I understand why um, different people have been like, he's the game changer in the series. Like Mm -hmm. Darren Stark created it, but it's like MPK brought a level of weight to the show because Mm -hmm. one thing that seems crazy to me, it's like you're in a lineage of storytelling that tells people, tells people these things can happen, deconstructs, deconstructs it at the same time but also the way we consume it really does, I think, net towards this is the life that you could have. You know what I mean? Like even in their deconstruction of being like, hey, it's not going to be fairy tale. I've heard about this movie for years. And I thought the entire movie was about Big and Carrie getting married. Mm. That's literally like... I've heard about this movie because I did the tours for 10 years. And Mm. I thought the entire thing was big leaving her at the altar in the third act and then them getting used to it. The movie's Mm. not about that at all. Mm -hmm. And Mm. that's what I heard. And so even in that, it's like, I think they really deconstructed these notions of love that we have. Mm-hmm. And I think they're way more in line with realistic versions of love that are told through storytelling. So they're going to be imperfect because you have to hit certain notes in order to make a, tell a story. But I really do think Sex and the City disrupts romantic comedy storytelling. Mm-hmm. But then when I hear it told back to me before I see it, the expectations that I've gone in, I'm like, oh, it's still the notes that are hit are the classic ones Yeah, that are just like, oh, it's dude, the wedding. Like I've heard about the big Carrie wedding forever. And I'm like, it fucking didn't happen. I, I literally went to the New York public library and I was like, this is where big and blah, 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 Mm. blah. And I always thought there was a big grand wedding at the end of it. And so I'm actually impressed with the storytelling of breaking down the traditional, this is what love will look like. But I don't necessarily think that after people see it, that they walk away, that I still think you kind of walk away with the same feeling of like, 
ah, oh, but I hope I get the Charlotte bit. I, I hope I get the big romance with the Charlotte Harry kid with mm. the, with the Samantha sex and with Miranda's money. Like, I do think your brain mm. just does that. Yeah. Mm. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Yeah, that's a, I, have, I have like a bit of a a, um, a question that uh, maybe I'll save when we talk about Carrie. Um, so I'll, I'll save that because I want to talk about Steve and Miranda. I want to talk okay. about their um, Mar- who who's the who's like the performance artist who like met her Mar- her husband or boyfriend on the Marina Abramovich Marina Abramovich and Yule right and then they just like walked apart and never saw each other again yeah something like that and she's like so dramatic like every single thing that happens in her life she's like this could be a project I'm sorry I love her I think she's awesome I love Abramovich but also like in order to do that you have to have some setup you can't just do that on a whim you have to be like ah yeah. Anyway, I thought the the Miranda and Steve <laughs> Abramovich like uh, meeting on the Brooklyn Bridge was, dude. Katie and I were watching that, and she was like, "Eichenberg's got some acting chops. That guy yeah. knows. That guy knows how to how to play a character. Mm-hmm. Like, I that's that scene for whatever reason it was like what I was like, I was I was feeling it. I was really really into that to that scene when when they saw each other on the bridge. Maybe it was the music happening. I have like, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bridge scene, one of the best NYC scenes of all time. And that came up? No, I put that in my notes when I watched it. Yeah, dude, it was it was so good. It was great. And I've so never good. heard about it. it. Yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> I've never yeah. seen it. I've never heard about it. And and I do think I I I think that is like a real it's it's her putting her heart on the line to say like I'll accept this person back after they betrayed me like unequivocal they betrayed him she be- Steve betrayed Miranda she shows up to put her heart back on the line and then is he going to be there like if he wasn't there fuck man mm. and and that's where it put me back in in um I'm sorry in Miranda's shoes of being like, oh, she has to go put her her life back on the line to be like, you could do this again. It could be ten years down the line and you do this again. Like that's the way relationships work. You're, mm-hmm. She is. She can't hold it over him forever. She's entering this potential back into pain. And then when he's there and they run towards each other, I just thought I was like, man, that is like such a beautiful representation of infidelity and forgiveness totally that was, i don't was, know i had never i had never i didn't expect that in the movie it was amazing yeah, i agree i i, I yeah. love i love that whole scene like their whole their whole story arc at the end i was just like whoa like yeah. using it, it was very circular like miranda because she was pissed at steve told big about carrie 
And then Carrie was like, oh, Big got pissed at me because of what you told him. So now I'm mad at you. And then Miranda using that to then forgive Steve. I was like, that's some serious, like, that's some good storytelling. That's like a really good, like, character arc right there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I was totally down with that. Yeah. I, I will also say this is like... In my brain, if I was married to a person and they cheated on me, I imagine them just like you just pressing a button and then they just fall down like the slide into wherever and you like, never see them again. Like you're a villain in a Bond film. Totally. Totally. That's my, that's <laughs> my imagination. Like, you cheated on me. Ah! <laughs> and they're just like. They just spin around in a circle. Yeah. Uh, and I know multiple couples because that was like the biggest and it still is in my head because I'm you know, but that to me is something that is unovercomable. <laughs> and in a lot of stories it is, and especially in a lot of like places it is. But then in real life, I know multiple couples that have overcome cheating things. And I've even been like, how do you do that? And they've talked to me about it. Or to some people I've never talked to them about. I just know it happened. And there's a few other couples I know that overcame it and talk openly about it. And it's like, it's mind blowing. And it's interesting because a lot of people have been like, Steve cheats, Steve cheats, Steve cheats. But I really do think that like them coming back together is super realistic because I think a lot of people are like, we have a kid, we have a life together. And you still love the person. It's and not like just because the- someone cheats on you or you all of a sudden are like, I don't, I no longer have these feelings that I've had for 10 years for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I have a lot of hope for these made up characters that I really do think that mm. not Steve, like, Oh, it wasn't a big deal. Like it was the biggest deal and she was the biggest hurt, but mm-hmm. like the, the way that they went about it and the forgiveness that took place, I think is like, can actually happen in real life. And is like, I, you know, it's hard to ever even represent on screen because it's like when you see it in real life, it's like, man, it's amazing. And it's, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I cried during that part. So what about, um, uh, Samantha, Dante and, uh, and Smith Smith. So Samantha, there's already, you know, what's weird is, I was thinking this at some point and it actually like, we don't ever really get into the like real life, real or false or whatever sex in the city drama um, of like the actresses and you know, the stuff like that. But it was interesting. There's a thing where it's like Samantha's like physically separated from the story. All her stuff is like in LA. She's like mm-hmm. away from everyone. And <clears throat> there was like, there's an interesting thing where it's like she's taken out of her life. They make a couple jokes about LA in the movie. Like mm-hmm. they say something about like people being happy like once in Every six, six months. months. Yeah. And she's like, I think that's pretty normal for LA, for LA. And like, you can tell they make some like New York versus LA things. But like, I feel like Samantha's like physically separated from them. And I think that one's pretty tough because it is the th- same thing you're talking about, Kevin, with like us seeing people or like you seeing people you know work out things you know cheating or whatever um and relationships the samantha one is a little scary to me because like that is another thing of life where it's like people are in relationships and they like make a move to somewhere and it's maybe more for one person's Mm -hmm. career or whatever and then they're 
separated from their friends. And mm -hmm. then they're like, okay, I'm out here. It's more for you, but I'm building a life. But like now I'm trying to keep the relationship going by covering myself in sushi and being naked and buying a dog. Mm -hmm. And you, you can't come home and you don't think it's a big deal. And mm -hmm. so like she, she really kind of gets like put on this Island and it's like, and it's weird because like the same thing we talked about Miranda in the last pod, maybe where Miranda was like, I changed myself for you. Mm -hmm. There's kind of a thing where Samantha's like, all right, without, with maybe without consciously doing it, she sort of is forced to reckon with like who she is. Mm -hmm. and she's like, sex is a big thing for who I am. Now she's seeing Dante just banging it out all the time. And she's like, but I want to be loyal to this guy. And so her, I feel like she had like a, it's played for comedy as a lot of times it is for her, but it's, it's like a pretty freaking lonely thing to be like, I'm out of the city. Totally. I love I'm away from the friends. I think I that's know. also like a really, uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to say, but like, that's like also <laughs> like a really realistic and terrifying outcome to relationships and maybe not terrifying. Maybe there's a lot of hope there. Maybe yeah. it's like they didn't, they didn't end it in a fight. Like uh, there was mm -hmm. no cheating. There was like, I love you, but this is just what I need to do right now. And that's like, that's like a pretty mature, I guess, outlook on, on a relationship. And like you said, in the last pod, like that was a phase of the relationship that was over and she was choosing not to renew it. That subscription has been canceled. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't see that coming, but it is also very, it is also very Miranda or sorry, Samantha. Samantha mm -hmm. is samantha she's not mm -hmm. smith's person she's not smith's girlfriend right. or smith's agent she is samantha jones and yep. i don't think a person like that would feel complete as a woman who stays home and makes sushi for someone which is mm -hmm. like what she was trying to internalizing herself as becoming yeah i think i think one of the best lines in the entire series that i think is realistic is when she says it's a risk I'm willing to take. Yeah. And that is when you're, when you break up with someone, like everyone has judgments around you, everyone has opinions, all that stuff. But that with, with Samantha, like that's what it was that, and it makes me actually worried for her because I'm like, okay, it's your 50th birthday. That's the way the movie ends. Like it wasn't just like, I'm going to be happy motherfucker. It, mm -hmm. It's, goes back to that line that I think is true that it's just like okay I think she should stay with Smith I think she should work that shit out and just be like I want to fuck Dante but I don't want to I want that with you and I need to talk to you about your movie career because mm -hmm. like here's my needs she leaves him instead that's fine these are characters this isn't real life mm -hmm. but I do think it was really smart to write that and very realistic that it's like there's a risk that she has like there's no guarantee that in 10 years She's like, oh, fuck, like Smith was the best, mm -hmm. you know, like that's what it is to break up with someone who's awesome, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's not like the uh, no spoilers, but that's like uh, La La Land. That's like the plot of the movie, right? Don't they like happily break? I'm, I don't want to spoil the movie, but they like happily break up with each other. And it's like, oh, this is uh, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't I think, seen it in think, a long time, but I think yeah, there's something about a choice to not go back, and then they kind of get a picture of what could have been right. later, which, yeah. which happens a lot and is very realistic. Yeah, let's 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 uh, 
talk about carrying big here. The question I wanted to ask is, do you think so? So when so the very beginning of this these three podcasts, Corey, you asked or Kevin asked, what's the difference between a movie and TV show? And TV shows, there's this concept of return to sameness. Jerry signed Jerry. The character Jerry is going to be the same at the beginning of every episode and at the end of every episode, and he's not going to change. And the reason that the viewer is going to tune in is because Carrie is always going to be Carrie. Samantha is always going to be Samantha and so on. Movies, there can be changes in characters. There can be an arc and a character can change and the character mm-hmm. doesn't have to be the beginning that they do in the end because they can mature or they can go on an adventure or they can mm-hmm. change. Um, do you think that 30 young 30s Carrie that we first met in season one would have seen getting married in that suit that she got married in in city hall would have been an acceptable end to a relationship hold on say that one more time see in the end the scene in the end she gets married in like that that bland suit that like even all of her her friends were like that's very uncarry yeah to Mr. Big in mm-hmm. just City Hall, New York. There's nothing. I am not coming down on that if that's what you choose at all. I am mm-hmm. all for. I love getting married in City Hall. I think it's great. Um, and I and I have the worst fashion sense in the world. So I'm not saying like that's wrong. What she did. It just seems ve- to me very uncarry. And it seems mm-hmm. like was that intentional? And was that to show that the character of Carrie? has changed and her priorities are elsewhere or am I spinning yarn? Here's one thing. I, I think that's a very interesting point. One thing to point out is that the dress that you're saying is very uncarry and is a labelless dress she got at a vintage place was her choice at the beginning of the movie. And everyone questioned that choice. And they were like, what are you going to wear this for? Yeah, because and that's- then she, she and then she got swept up in all the Vogue stuff. So even though the big wedding thing seems very uncarry, that dress was part of her personal fashion style, which I would say is part of her as a person. Yeah. So that seems kind of true toward her. But I know what you're saying in the sense that like just going to City Hall, a very unglamorous wedding, is that her? Is she, is she changing for someone, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, it just it just felt like the like the carry um in in the first episode of the series. Uh yep. if you were like this is this is a wedding that you could attend, I feel like she would not have um that like would have not been something that she would have th- thought was acceptable. She would have been like, no, there yeah. has to be this, this, and this. There has to be these box checked. And it's like maybe I don't know, maybe maybe well, like I think, and this is from like literally have done this and you have done this too since you've had your wedding with Katie, but it's like having planned a wedding, it's like that, like she got that in the first act of the film and she also, she just got that out of her system because she realized it was bullshit. Mm -hmm. She was like, cool, New York public library. I walked into the space and I love books and I'm a writer and here's what it is. Mm -hmm. And my friends are there. And then anytime you get to a place like 
you know, like how many different things have we all been through in life that you get to it and then you're just like, oh, cool. Like, mm-hmm. cool. I'm glad I'm doing this with, uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm with my friends. I'm glad I'm doing this. Like being on this, the certain stage doing a certain thing or like having this moment that you think is like going to fulfill you. Like that's a story that we can all learn. And that's what she learned in the beginning of the movie. But that's cause that's what she wanted. And I still think she does want it, but she realized that that's not what the relationship of carrying big needed. But one thing, what well, do you think ahead. she wanted though? She wanted to, I mean, I mean, she said what she wanted at the very end. She's like, I wanted the the fancy dress and the big guest list and the magical wedding. But, but she realized that her needs or desires for those things made big feel like she was alienated. And so she decided that the, the, for the health of the big carry relationship, she almost needed to change her desires mm. and wants and needs. So that big could feel more important and not pushed away. But I think if she, if like big was like, I'm cool to do whatever you want. This is my first wedding. Let's go. She would have preferred to have the wedding that she planned. And I think that that like, that's uh, maybe they use that to show her choosing the relationship rather than herself or I've been hanging out with the South Slope Stoners too much, and I'm just like, it's I'm making up. Something. Well, wait, when I, does she when does she say that thing about wanting the dress and all that? When does she say that? She said it to Miranda at the end, I believe. I okay. I, I would love to go back and hear what she said. I will say, knowing photographers, knowing uh, people with big floral businesses, and having planned a wedding, having gone to weddings, I think the modern. Uh, the uh, WIC, the uh, wedding industrial complex, <laughs> is honestly like one of the craziest things in like our modern life that steals from from joy post current or pre post pre current and post relationship that it's like. People get engaged and there's an industry for it. People are married. There's an industry for it. And then post, there's a thing after. And then there's the well, little Well, don't hangover. you sound like the Grinch. No, 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 I totally no, agree no, with no. you. I totally agree with you. Okay. Because I'm, because I, I am pro love, man. I'm pro love, man. I'm fucking, no, I'm, <laughs> I am so pro love and I am pro get the fucking flowers, get the photographer it is it is the same thing. I feel like we've talked about this for three years on this podcast, but it's like it's moderation. It's like, do you like do you want to be do you want to have sex? Do you want to do drugs? Do you want to any of those things? Like we've seen it in people. You can have those things in healthy ways and they can eat, eat and destroy your life in a wedding. And that's like what this movie essentially ended up being about a wedding and then infidelity and so sex, but it's like, Oh, the, just the thought of a wedding can like eat you up and chew you out and spit you out. That's like, John, it's insane that you in your healthiest relationship with the fucking coolest girl of all time, who's like one of our best friends, even apart from you. And you like that you say on this podcast, like one of your biggest fights 
had to do with wedding planning and you guys are very rational people Mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with you two that has to do with cultural expectations of what a wedding is totally you know Mm -hmm. and so i think that um the wedding industrial complex is that and i do think carrie bradshaw as a character ultimately needed to get that out of her system and then just be like this is the guy he's always been the fucking guy yeah it's not going to be what you guys want it's big we all have these fucking bigs in our lives maybe or we don't but like it's not about the wedding it's about accepting the guy who cheats who drinks who smokes who has who has money but is a fucking douchebag and also i fucking love i guess what i think what i think is interesting is like if you're if you're taking the two dresses as the symbols of carrie Mm -hmm. right you have you have for lack of better terms you have the vintage dress and then you have Mm -hmm. the label the label dress right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. And and you're looking of an authentic representation of Carrie and an inauthentic representation of Carrie. Uh, one of them is 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 rational, and one of them is spun up in the wedding industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Like that, just that seems like a miss to me that they would use a vintage kind of dingy dress that her friends don't even like as a symbol of authentic Carrie. Here's, and that here's the other dress is like the other dress, which is what we've seen for six years of Carrie, what mm-hmm. Carrie is all about, what the show is all about, was used as as irrational, head in the clouds, uh, wound up and caught in the wick Carrie. That, that, that just seems to me would... like... Sorry. No, 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 no. I agree with what you're saying. And actually, when you just... When you just described it there, I was like, I do think six seasons of what we've seen of her that I see how that can feel like a miss. My my take on that and from looking, I just pulled up the end of the, the script. I think you were asking like, you know, a show resets, a movie gives characters basically the opportunity to change over an arc and start at a new place. I think what they were doing there if you if you look at the dress, she picked it, it's vintage. Maybe the dress thing doesn't fit. But what I do think is two things. One, they're getting to the end of the movie. I, I, I don't know if the carry thing is just fashion. When you get to when you start at the first episode, Friends. I think she, the what? Friends. Sorry. No, no, no. Like it's, her, it's, like her it's, community. It's, it's love. I think it's love. Love in a broad sense, not love in like the real sacrificial sense. Um it's friends. It's this city. It's her romantic ideal of everything, which does kind of boil down to like love, I think. And I think like what you get out of that is you see this movie, they're all going through like changes of like their next phase of life. And she even says at the end, like she even says like, you know, we have these women. So we have this turning 50 and she says four New York women enter the next phase of their lives. I think they're trying to tie up where they've each been. Yeah, And I think, but you do get an authentic version of Carrie that when she goes back to big, she sees him in the closet and he asked her to marry him. He says, this is why you need a diamond because you got to close the deal. And he doesn't have a ring, which is very big, but he does have a shoe with a diamond on it, which is very Carrie. And so she gets, she gets the proposal the way she wanted it, which is like with a shoe. So it's like very much her, but she also gets like the classic guy that she wanted. and then. 
Dude. They sort of get their life. What? And then they I get just, their. No, and, I mean, I was just in my head giving lots of credit to the storytelling for deconstructing um, myths. And then I was like, this is like the most reinforcement of Cinderella that's ever happened. <laughs> Completely. She puts a slipper on her. Yeah. I didn't even think yeah. about that. So, but, but I think like, I think that, yeah, the big, see, it's weird though. Like, do you big, think, the, do you think the, uh, the extra scenes in the special edition is her not catching big at the apartment and turning into a pumpkin walking down fifth <laughs> Avenue? Yeah. And then the other three women turn in the other three women, the other three women turn to mice. They're the yeah. mice. Um, no, I think Carrie's always been high low. Listen, she has this like giant closet, but she's always lived in like a brownstone apartment. She never mm. lived in like a big, she never lived in like a classic six. I think that her if, ending up at the end, she like still gets her fancy shoes. She still gets her like big rich boyfriend, but she also ends up with her friends at a diner and, and, and if, yeah, it, at a diner with the mozzarella it, sticks. And at the end, it, well, it just says, it says four New York women enter the next phase of their lives dressed to, head to toe in love. And that's the one label that never goes out of style. Yeah. So if, if there's a thing that you're tapping into John, it's that I think that some of the classic styles of Carrie Bradshaw have remained. And I wonder if this is 2008, I believe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 2008. I wonder when it came if, out. So they probably filmed in 2007. Yeah. So if I, I do wonder if they're just like her, Reset. This is thirteen years ago, and like Williamsburg is popping off. I wonder if that dr that dress dressed down would be like the coolest thing in two thousand eight. Mm. And now we're already like, e this looks lame, mm. but we're used to the. I don't the, think it looks. I uh, I, 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 I don't I think it looks. I, I have in my notes from the first episode that we did when we first watched it. I don't know. Dress, I don't nah. know what's cool. I don't know what's lame. But I don't think Carrie would think that looks cool, and I don't think that her friends thought it looked cool. So that's why I was like, why? Why is she so tied to that? When like, like, do you feel yeah. like it's just forced for the labels when metaphor she like, that they have? Yeah, when she like has to, it just seemed very out of character. Like this is a girl like who, when she like goes to, I don't know, the corner bodega, she's wearing like the fanciest dress with like a flower that's the size of a hula hoop. And you're telling me on her wedding day, she's going to be like, I'm wearing this womp, womp, white mm. stained dress. It's like, what? I, I agree and I disagree. <laughs> you can't do that. No, I, that's, because that's what I do all the time, John. That's how I live my life. One, you just because like go on both sides. I get what you mean, but we already had, <laughs> just don't we ever already land had on the a breakdown of that. The best. We are, we already had the breakdown of that. She she got that, so she's she's not going back to it. I think this is like it, it. It's it's her. She's she got the picture perfect wedding. Mm -hmm. This is this is the thing that I don't necessarily have a problem with, but it is true that it's like Carrie Bradshaw thinks she's going to get everything at New York Public Library. Instead, she gets it later, which is still everything that you would want out of life. But it wasn't the picture perfect. It wasn't the picture perfect wedding. Like it wasn't her losing that that changed her. Like I, I don't know. We, um, I, I would be interested to talk more about with you with this uh, offline. Uh, mm -hmm. It was big, big not showing up. That was the the issue, not the picture perfect wedding. That like she she didn't come to a realization that like mm -hmm. oh this picture perfect wedding is not fulfilling which is why I want mm. to do something different. It was her being like, oh, 
big didn't show up, which is not mm. fulfilling. And maybe he didn't well, show gonna, up because they're going to of- fucking deal with that on like ten year anniversary in mm-hmm. in their real lives. They will in real life that it's just like that oh, yeah. you ex- you choose to be together, and then at a certain point, even after forgiveness, five years in, there will be a point that it's like, yeah, you still stole that moment from me. Yeah. I'm sorry that you've been married twice and you've cheated on. They are definitely dealing with that. Um, hmm. But interesting, yeah. We need to, you know, we could t- once again we're in this conundrum where we could talk about these things all night. But we need to give this thing a Cosmo rating and wrap this up. We need to give. I'm it giving a Cosmo my. I'm giving mine rating. a Cosmo that I then poured into my oven and turned it on high <laughs> and just cooked a bunch of alcohol. What should we say? Got, uh, should we say our Cosmo rating at the same time? I have mine. Yeah, I got mine. Three, two, one, four point seven five seven five stars. You had five I cosmos. Give, I give it a five cosmos. Yeah, I was oh, I was yeah. very pleased. You have four point seven five. I want to. I'm gonna change. I'm going five. This was so fun. I had so much fun. I thought it was great. If it this, was, you if know this what? Were, I think it. I will rent a movie theater when COVID is over and invite 100%. listeners to watch this with me because it was so fun. And I want to see everyone on big screen. I want to see Dante's dick on the big screen, and I want to eat popcorn. Dude, we, and that's that's the point when we have the movie theater that everyone throws a hot dog at the screen. When Dante's <laughs> dong pulls out, everyone throws their hot dogs at the screen. We're yeah, gonna. This was I great. Watched a, this be so I watched much fun. a Pierce Brosnan movie back when I was in high school, in middle school, called Dante's Peak, and it was just a prequel <laughs> to this movie. And it's just it was about a volcano erupting, <laughs> Dude, but now you, I realize. It you, was about this dude coming all over. You Samantha. have to do a picture of Dante in the shower, Samantha looking, and just Dante's peak, and put it on Instagram. <laughs> dude, that's some pretty like meta, meta Sex and the City. Uh, People would be like, "What? What? what? No, I, I'm five too. Come yeah, this on, this was a five. This was a five Cosmo movie. This was a five Cosmo night. I love chatting best. with you about Sex and the City, and I am so. Freaking excited to watch Sex and City 2, the movie. I cannot wait, wait to we, watch it. There's so many little Easter eggs that I wanted to talk about, too, that we didn't even get to hit in this. There's so many things. We well, got to have another discussion. Here, here's what here's what we'll do. Yeah, we we covered the story of the movie. I would um, if we can come back and do our questions from the fans mm-hmm. episode. Yep. Let's do that'll that. give us some time to clean up some uh, to to uh, cover some other bases. Let's do that. Perfect. I love it. Um, um, everybody, we've we've been at this. This has been an eight-hour project, mm-hmm. and we've been potting all day. We can't thank you enough. This is honestly like just one of the best nights I think we've had in a long time, just as friends, and mm-hmm. it means a lot. When we posted we were doing the movies, we got a lot of messages from people, and we're just thankful that it means a lot to you. Um, to listen to this, especially people that have found our pod through quarantine and everything. And, and thank you. If you can give us a review on iTunes, that always helps. And if you want to join our Patreon, we have more episodes on our Patreon. And, um, and I don't know, this was a special, a special day. This was special. Don't, don't put wine in your, in your, um, in your oven. We learned that. Yeah, don't put a bottle of wine in your oven to, to defrost it. That was stupid. Um, shout out. Please uh, like, subscribe, and follow South, Sides, South Slope Stoners. Uh, we'll yep. be, we're going to be having them on the pod soon. And yep. we love you guys. Later, taters. Later, taters. Later, taters. Later, taters.
The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at thebradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.